Jake Anderson. My name is Kellen Olson. Friday afternoon, we're coming off two more wins for Phoenix Rising, but a little bit in a little bit different fashion uh, than normal. What's up, Jake? How are you? I'm good, man. End of the week, you know, getting there. How you doing? Good. I'm doing well. They don't lose. It's, uh, it's always fun to watch a team that wins. They don't lose. So we got a one nil win on goodness. Was that Saturday? Yes, San Antonio. My brain. Uh, Wednesday at Las Vegas, another 1-0 win. Both wins where game was at 0-0 for quite a while. They finally find the breakthrough. We briefly talked about this before we turned the mics on. I think that this is, and this is going to sound like I'm complaining and saying they suck. I'm definitely not (laughs) doing that. I think this is the worst they have played on the winning streak. I think this is two games in a row where I said, if the score would have held 0-0, I would have said, yeah, deserved result. They, a draw. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I think they were the better side in both games, to be fair. And then you can say, oh, well, that means they should have won. I, I, I just think especially the Las Vegas game, those were two pretty dull affairs. And Solo in particular in the first game, just a, a free kick from a spot there. You're thinking the left foot of Jason Johnson is going to step into it. He moves off the spot and you're like, okay, where's Solo going to put this? He just goes to the other side. Top 90. Off the post. Oh, I had the best angle. See you later. From the press box. It was we waited for that one before we went down. Yeah. But best angle in the house. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of the guys I sit next to in the press box, uh, Owen Evans. We were literally saying, is he going to go for power? Is he going to go for placement? Um, because the guy that you would want to be taking that free kick had come off earlier in the match in John Piccaro. Um But, I mean, yeah, a, be- a beautiful finish by Solo. Um in terms of how they've played the last two matches, um, I think they definitely played better against Las Vegas than they did against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that also talks to the team's quality uh, on both sides. But again, winning on the road is never easy. And three points is three points, like we've been talking about. We should mention, that's a good point, Wednesday, a lot of guys were out. I wrote about this in the recap. Uh, both starting fullbacks are out, which... Not something you would mention at the top for many teams in the world, uh, but I, obviously Asante and Fleming's being out was the bigger deal, but th- both those guys, the fullbacks, weren't even on the bench. They are away on duties, and that played an impact in my opinion too. There was just an extra bit missing from the attack. I think uh, Aguinaga was the guy that was really pushing things forward in the first half, and if you're mentioning uh, the way that they played better on Wednesday versus Saturday, I completely agree on Wednesday, and I think that's because Aguinaga was the guy really bringing the creativity and at least getting them in um, threatening positions every now and then. There weren't really many chances created. There were only three shots on goal between each team, and that wasn't be via 26 shots attempted and just a really poor conversion rate on just getting them on target. It, there weren't really many shots flying around either. Junior Fleming's, though, what was the key in that Wednesday game, wasn't he, coming off the bench? Absolutely. I tweeted it at halftime. When you have a team, especially like Las Vegas, who was just packing it in, um, Eric Ronaldo is, is their manager, well-known in the U.S. men's national team. And you could tell that unless the passing was going to be Barcelona-esque, you weren't going to really be able to carve your way through. And we saw with Junior being gone – 
at, with Jamaica against San Antonio and Joey Calistri filling in, you see the void when Junior Flemings is not in the match. And what I said at halftime in my tweet was I would see that this is a perfect match for Junior to come on and he's able to take guys one-on-one. And we've talked about this in previous episodes about how he has the capability to create for himself by taking defenders one-on-one and that both creates shot attempts for him but also once he beats a couple guys or a guy another defender is forced up to step to him which then creates a passing lane in behind for an Adam John or whatever it may be and you actually saw that with the goal I mean again he didn't really come in and cut and you know play off a ball but the fact that he came from the right side whipped it in ball just happened to fall to Adam John and he had a great finish but that just speaks to and shows how much of an impact Junior Flemings can have on this team even when he doesn't play for he only plays for a half he doesn't have to play for a full 90. Had that uh, flick up from Adam John where it was just him versus two defenders takes his time cuts left on a nice stop and go barely saved goes out for a corner that's just the type of stuff that exactly a great point momentum wise Mm -hmm. it's not even that it was a good opportunity or whatever it's just you're threatening not only just getting the ball in the attacking third but actually creating chances and that was probably the best chance of the game besides Lambert's crazy bicycle kick that almost went in and that's just one of those half chances where it almost turned into a goal somehow yeah right off the top of memory there wasn't a great deal of great chances in the match so let's do the annoying hot take uh, portion of this podcast. This is 19 wins in a row. They have two straight games where they've come out, I don't want to say flat, but again, I think there's been a noticeable difference. They're not steamrolling teams in these last two games, that's for sure, and that's what they've been doing. This winning streak has not only been um, winning, but dominantly winning in a lot of these games. And even when they come back, it's it's like 4-2 instead of just 3-2. They're really putting their foot on things, but... Where do you stand on they are this winning streak is wearing them down? Do they need to lose before the playoffs to kind of A, get a reality check and B, sort of not expand much ener- much more energy on the winning streak if you believe that's taking up extra energy to keep this thing going? Um, do you have any real opinions on how the winning streak is affecting them at this point in the season? So... A while back, I asked Adam John about that, you know, the whole, like, John Calipari said it a few years ago and his team was undefeated. Do you guys need to lose to kind of be humbled? And obviously, he's not going to say yes. He said no, and and I'm not even going to bother asking Rick Schantz about it because I think we all know his answer. But in all honesty, I, I don't think they need to lose, and I don't think that the winning streak is having an effect on them anymore. I think that it may have when... They were right around nine wins, eight wins, and it's, oh, you want to get the record, you want to break the record, but now that they've nearly doubled it, and it really doesn't matter anymore. Like You don't want to see them drop it, you want it to keep going, but if they were to drop points at this point in the season, where how far they are in the standings and everything, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal. And in terms of needing a loss, you've seen them win in every fashion possible they've blown out a team kept a clean sheet they've been down two goals and come back against low stoves like we saw they've been down with 10 minutes left and been able to score three goals like we just saw in Tacoma so I think this team knows that they're capable of winning every match and even when they don't get out on the front foot they still have that belief that they're going to win and they go on to do it 
And when you talk to the guys, they always say the same thing. Our job's not done. Our job's not done. And I think that's a good uh, mentality to have. And that's something that Rick Schantz has instilled in them, especially because most of the guys were on the team last year that finished just short. And they're pissed. And they want home field advantage. And they want to they want to lift that cup in, uh, in front of the rising faithful. I'll be the joker. I, I think they need to lose. I think they need to lose. And it's five games left before six games. the playoffs start. Is it six? Yeah. Oh, I missed I missed a dollar beer night on the end there on the 18th. Okay. Six more games. I think they need to lose one or draw. I just think the winning streak needs to needs to come to an end. I just think that the the way that they played in the last two games it just didn't look like the same club I've been watching. And that could be for a myriad of reasons, especially on Wednesday with the guys that were out. But I will say that in this game against Galaxy 2 on Saturday or even the Fresno game the Saturday after that, if they come out and just steamroll one of those teams and look like themselves again, which is this dominant force of unstoppable um, play on both ends. I think I'll feel better about it, but for now, that's my current opinion. I think it can change with the way that they play, but after two narrow 1-0 wins against two teams, they just should beat 3-0, 4-0. That's how I'm feeling right now. Uh, there are a couple of things to keep an eye on, though, besides the winning streak, of course. I, I believe you said it's 10 points away from clinching home field throughout. Correct. So they are 10 points away from A, breaking Cincy's record from last year. Rising's currently at 68 points. Cincy's record is 77. So 10 points in their next six matches would break that, obviously. And as of right now, the next highest points possible belongs to Indy 11, which is also at 77. But that's if they were to win they went out, yeah. eight straight. So theoretically, if Rising were to get 10 points in the next six matches, A, that would guarantee... Th- the home field it would win the supporter shield and it's kind of nuts to think like we're at this point to where there's a target number at what they could be at um to go to what you were talking about needing to lose the hardest match in my opinion that they're going to have is that Fresno match just because they're the team that's right on their heels they'll have an opportunity to clinch home field in the west in that match should they uh, win tomorrow against uh, LA Galaxy and then draw or beat Fresno. Obviously, if they lose, different things will happen there. But I think, let's say they do get those 10 points in the next four matches or they get them in the next five matches. I could see them completely resting everybody the final two matches or the final match just because everything Honestly, they is should, yeah, and it's in hand. Um, especially, especially if the record's broken. And it's clinched. I, I don't see any reason for the guys who have been playing 90 minutes every match uh, to be playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, but Carroll going down is is a little scary. Is is there an update on him in terms of? So they said day to day lower body injury. That's all we know. Day to day questionable. They uh they kind of put out the football yeah. football status on there. Um, we we'll see. Um, if he if he doesn't play against Fresno. Um, I think that'll be a concern. We'll see if he's in training um, next week. but That's the luxury they have. They're four deep in the forward spot with Jason Johnson back. They're four deep of guys where it's like, I don't think there's a humongous change. I think Solo and Fleming's out. Obviously, it's different. John, it's different. But uh, that fourth guy, Jason Johnson, you can really trust. And then in the midfield, uh, it's been that those four guys kind of interchangeable the entire season. But if one more of them goes down here, now you're looking at other slightly not slightly way more unproven names in my opinion the defense that was kind of the thing we saw with Dumbuya and uh, Amdudia out 
You look at those names, not as proven. Center back, they're a bit more deep, and they've been using more guys there anyway. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing a rotation. I mean, but, I mean you guys, you got four quality guys, and, and none of them are going to be leaving on an international break or anything. Yeah, and, but hopefully Baccaro can get back here in, in the next week or two. So even if another guy does go down, they still have that three, because I think that the only way I see it really falling apart for them looking forward really far to the playoffs is is the, I think the midfield trio just having those three guys in there. Uh, but you mentioned international break there. There is kind of something we need to keep an eye on over the next two months, and that's the fact that a couple of teams that have rising players on them could be going on international break during the conference finals and the final? Yes, yeah, so we have two more international breaks coming up during the course of USL. So we have... The international break, that is the second week of October, which would be the final two games of the regular season for Phoenix, which theoretically could mean nothing because they could have everything wrapped up. But the biggest one looking forward is you have Jamaica as a game on November 15th and November 18th, and that is in the CONCACAF Nations League. Now, they could theoretically have their group wrapped up so they may not need the likes of you know Peter Lee Vassell or Junior Flemings, Kevin Lambert, Jason Johnson, although I don't think that's going to be likely because he has not played for so long, but it is still a possibility. Uh, Sierra Leone has games on uh, November 9th as well. Um, Ghana, if they were to want solo for the form that he's in they have games in November as well so the reason why I bring that up is because the conference finals are scheduled to be anywhere from November 18th or excuse me November 8th to November 10th and then the USL Cup final would be anywhere from November 14th to November 18th so you have conflictions there now I'd be willing to bet Solo is going to be with the team um, regardless Um, but it's an interesting dynamic because it's do you stay here for your playoffs do you go play for your country um I, I don't really know how that works in terms of the playoffs because you see MLS ends their season the week before that for a reason um we saw what happened with Seattle when they were missing 13 guys and they only had 12 first team guys um and you really don't want to see that happen especially in the playoffs so that's not going to be a movable game either because that final's on ESPN. That goes months in advance for scheduling. So, I don't know. It's kind of scary to think about how some of the most important guys on the team might not be available. Um, you hope that they're able to stay um, because we just see how much of an impact guys like Junior Flemings, Kevin Lambert have for the team. But to go to Becerra real quick, I think he's been one of the more you know, underspoken guys on the team in terms of what he brings to the team um you know number 10's on his back but he also plays that position and I mean you can see when he's not in the lineup it kind of affects the team in a negative way I mean we saw when uh, Tacoma took the lead he was the first one off the bench right away and the game opened up right away and you saw against San Antonio without him not that it's stagnant but you just you don't have that that bridge between the midfield to the forwards that is really relied on Aguinaga in Las Vegas exactly exactly and and Aguinaga is a nice guy to have as a hybrid between him and a Musa or a Lambert behind him so you really hope he's not injured as badly as missing uh, you know the rest of the season but you know we'll see you know you gotta take it each game at a time 
Each game at a time. That's what we'll do here. Uh, wrapping up the season, we're we're kind of getting there. It's it's crazy. We're a little over a month out from the last game of the se- uh, season. That's on October eighteenth, last dollar beer night of the regular season. Are they are they gonna are they gonna be able to continue those during the playoffs? I'm actually not aware. So last year they did. They only had two home matches, they, but they probably will have more. <laughs> they will have they will have all four most likely should they reach the final. But yeah. the first one. I assume it would be a dollar beer night, but it wouldn't be on a Friday because with the addition of uh, 10 teams making the playoffs this year, you have the quote-unquote play-in game, and that's going to happen on a Wednesday, so there's no way that they're going to have that team play two days later in a playoff game. They'll end up playing on that Saturday, but still the team they play in the play-in game will be on short rest. and who knows? Maybe they'll move to Friday for Dollar Beer Night in the rest of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That I have no idea. We'll find out. Lots of drama and intrigue left. I don't think they're going to just steamroll the rest of the way. I could be wrong, but I think they're going to be tested at least once or twice on their way to hopefully that championship. Absolutely. We'll Fresno here. on the road. That's the one I'd circle. New Mexico on the road for me, and those are back-to-back. So really excited to watch both of those, and we'll be here to talk about them when they happen. See you next time, people. Peace.